It's a comic book pit. Okay. Make it official. Well, as you can tell, you've uh, you've stumbled across the Comic Book Pit podcast. This is episode 367. I'm Dan, and with me tonight we've got Scott. Hello, people. And Jared. Hello. And at the Comic Book Pit, every week we read some comics and we talk about various topics, usually but not always comic related. Well, I think probably just about everything we're going to talk about tonight is going to be related to comics in some way, shape, or form. I also had a hidden uh, comment too. Like I didn't, I didn't reveal this before in the show notes. Oh, um, but we did. You guys get to see the new Incredible trailer? Or not Incredible? Uh, Invincible. Invincible. No, yeah. I didn't watch it. Yeah, the no. the Invincible animated series trailer dropped today. Um, yeah, I actually I watched it a couple times this afternoon. Um, it's only like a minute long. Mm-hmm. It's like a teaser trailer. Looks good. I mean, from from what I saw. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, animation looks good. I think they're. I think they were being, you know, making a PG trailer for a rated R comic book. Mm-hmm. Like it's because I think the, as we know, the level of violence in Invincible is pretty high, and you could tell by the cuts in the trailer that they're probably cut away. Yeah. Yeah, I was say, well there's definitely there were definitely a lot of blood splatters. The the art I mean the yeah, the animation style looks just like the comic. I mean it's like a, it's it's literally the comic come to come to life. That's cool. The thing I noticed when I, I looked on the IMDB page was and I think we talked about this when it was first announced, how like what a great cast it has. I think it's been expanded and it's practically a Walking Dead cast reunion. Oh yeah. I mean, there's some. I mean, uh, so um, Stephen Yun is that his name? Stephen Yun, oh, yeah. who was Glenn, is yeah. he's the main character. Well, uh, we know he can take a beating, so he's yeah. Great. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Maggie, you know the the uh, Lauren Cohen who played his yeah. wife on the show. She's she's got a role. Nice. And uh, the guy who played Tyrese, uh, oh Chad Chad Coleman is his name. Tyrese is oh, on the yeah. show. Abraham, oh, is on Stephen Cudlett. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's him. Yeah. Bam. <laughs> nice deep pool. <laughs> yes. No, but it, it's it's there. There's easily and I, oh um the the guy that plays Morgan, Lenny. Oh, I love him. Lenny something yeah. or other. Lenny, yeah. Uh, no, it, there's easily um, a half dozen or, or like ten or so Walking Dead alumni on this show. Whether they're, you know, whether they're going to have like, you know, a bit part or, you know, like they're an actual cast member or something. But I guess when you're when you're, you know, Robert Kirkman's posse, you probably have a, you, jobs for life. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. It's nice. It's something to look forward to. You know, it's it's like a really, it's going to be a, a good cartoon to dig into. Mm-hmm. And I can that's a prime original, it. right? Yes. Yeah, that's it on Amazon. That's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I could see that also like having a, a nice long life, you know, in animated form, and then like going on for multiple seasons. Like, so I'm hopeful. Well, yeah. like, uh, well, like Walking Dead. There's, they've got so much material to draw from. Oh yeah, and actually, um, Walking Dead. Not to not to dig into it because we're we beat that down. Speaking of, Walking Dead just finished up their their season, tenth season, I think. Yeah, they finally had their finale, and then they launched a new Walking Dead spinoff show immediately following it. 
Um, but they have one more season, and it's going to be like an extended season. And I'm like, I, I, I'm good. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, I'll keep watching it because I'm, you know, uh, I'm like Captain America, you know, I'm, I'm with you till the end of the line. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're no worse. So they're doing one more season of The Walking Dead, and then they're starting a new spin-off yeah, show with the, the, the characters that everyone cares about. No, this is a whole new show about characters that we don't yet. Care. But afterwards is what I mean, because they're doing the, oh, the Daryl and Carol show. Oh, yeah, and then the Daryl and Carol show is going to start after. <laughs> that sounds like a 70s variety show. Oh, I wish I wish they would take the Daryl and Carol concept and, and basically do what they're going to do with WandaVision, but in The Walking Dead. So, like, they're trying to live, like, a normal home life, but, you know... But it's like a sitcom, kind of mm-hmm. funny, like, Aka, you know, God attacked on the way into work today. You know? <laughs> you're trying to live like a, a normal, you know, 50s, like a yeah. 50s style life. Life with, in the, <laughs> life with zombies. Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. Carol and Daryl, they'd be like, yeah, you know, we got to keep our beds separate and everything. <laughs> 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 the old the old Dick Van Dyke opening where yeah. he walks in and instead of tr- like tripping over the uh, ottoman he jumps over it and like splits a zombie's head in half or something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you who don't know who Dick Van Dyke is <laughs> or the Dick Van Dyke show, we are old. <laughs> yeah, we try to reach all audiences here though. Yeah. So that's that's all I had. I think on the media front though. I- what was that uh, doctor crime cyber crime solver show he was on? Remember he did a show where he played like a doctor who solved mysteries. Oh, oh. are you talking about Dick Van Dyke? Yes. Oh yeah, it was it was a he was a doctor and his uh, his son his son in real life diagnosis played murder. yes diagnosed yes. murder his son. Nice. Paul Scott. Yeah. Yeah. His son in real life played like the cop who was like his partner, but they weren't related on the show, but that was his real life kid. Diagnosis murder. That's cool. What a concept. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess, you know, Quincy did it. Yeah. You know, but he was the medical examiner. So I guess. Yeah. Wasn't he a pathologist? I think he was like, he was, he was, I guess he worked directly with the cops. He was the medical examiner. So I guess it makes mm. a little more sense yeah. that he was involved. So it's like Barry Allen. Yeah. Was diagnosed, was he just like a PCP? And he's just like, you know what? <laughs> Get my side hustle on. I'm track down these trafficking rings. He, yeah. He's just a general practitioner. Meanwhile, his his <laughs> his patients can't get their prescriptions refilled because he's out solving <laughs> solving mysteries. Maybe I gotta wait three weeks for a follow up. Well, doctor is uh, in China. See, that's that's it. That's <laughs> modern medicine has now has, the the mystery has been revealed. That that's why you can't. That's why it takes so long to get a, a medical appointment because your doctor is off solving crimes. They're out Scooby ganging it. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Duke, you were telling us pre-show you were you were uh, regaling us with tales of uh, with uh, I don't know would you even call it bargain comic buying or yeah bulk, um, bulk comic buying? It's like you know living in the COVID world that we are living in. You know, like you gotta you gotta grab your comics when you can. Like I don't go to the store as often. You know, I used to go every week. And now it's like once a month, if, if that. But I happen to be at Five Below, and they had comic packs there that are packed by by um, New Dimension Comics, you know, a Pittsburgh staple. And um, <laughs> so it's, it's the grab bag, and, and they do this. They you know these are distributed. I think you call them like the Ollie's comics because you can you buy can get them at Ollie's, right? Good stuff, yeah. cheap. Always. That's right. And I was, I was shocked because, you know, I mean, geographically, we don't have an Ollie's near my house. Like, we have to drive out somewhere. So I was like, oh, five <laughs> um, But I picked it up because it actually had a nice old issue of the Uncanny X-Men, issue 161, which goes 
Like this is when I go to the basement sales to buy comics. This is what I look for is like the old X Men comics, mm-hmm. and I've been filling them in over the years, like just as I go. Um, this one is from uh, 1982, though. I was like, holy crap! You know, that's it's got. Yeah, I'm actually Magneto on the cover. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's going to get written up at the at New Dimension. I, I was going to say, I'm actually, was not supposed to go in an Ollie bag. I'm really surprised. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm wondering if that was like a different company or something or a different distributor because I'm, I would be really surprised. Yeah, if somebody let that slip through the cracks. It said, "Hey, check out NBCComics.com." Oh, okay. <laughs> it says it right on the paper. Yeah. All right. Oh, you know, I was like. I normally don't d- jump on these, but I was like, I'm going to take the risk. I'm going to jump on X-Men. And then the flip the flip book was Conan the Barbarian, which um, issue 164, another old 60 cent cover price. Yeah, that's like that's early 80s, right? Yeah. So two old, very old Marvel books that I was like, I'll take those. Like, I don't care. And then like whatever, the, you know, the guts of the book, you know, like I didn't know what else I was buying, but I, I picked up from the Marvel Razor line, Clive Barker Hyperkind, issue two, and it's, you can tell it's in that weird era of Marvel, because they didn't bankrupt know what to, Marvel. Yeah, mm-hmm. they didn't know what they wanted to do with their logo. I'll hold it up for, for Jared. You can see it. There it is. I see it. Yeah. Okay. I see it. Yeah, that's crazy. probably like what ninety four, ninety five. Yeah, so that was probably like ninety three. Ninety three, right on. <laughs> and the other book, yeah, got third try. <laughs> the other book that came with it was the Victorian, which I was License like, to print money right there." I have no idea what it is, but I realized that Neil Adams did the artwork for the cover, so I was like, "That's a nice find too, I guess." <laughs> <laughs> Even though Maybe I hope you sleep at night, Scott. I don't think I'll ever read it. <laughs> <laughs> What's that on his arm? Is that like a gauntlet of some sort? Like it looks like he has, claws or something. Yeah, he has like Wolverine-looking uh, external, like um, steampunk. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I was gonna say if it's Victorian, it's probably it's probably a lot of steampunk elements. Yeah, it's like a steampunk version of Wolverine's claws or something. I have no idea. No, I'm, uh, I'm going to jump you in. You need room. to read it. <laughs> now, but, to us. Read it to us, Scott. <laughs> oh, you don't, want, you don't want this. I'm telling you. <laughs> the, whole, the whole interior is just people talking to each other. Like, there's no, like, hey, there's an action scene, fight scene. There's nothing. Oh, uh, a lot of pros? Yeah. This is issue third or fourteen of the series. So wow, wow! How I don't know about this book, I don't. Victorian know. made a run. Yeah, how it went that long and is amazing. I th- I thought that was like the first issue or something. I assumed that, but yeah, it's but yet. Yeah, um, oh, this is Act Three. It says issue fourteen of twenty five. Holy crap! It's an ambitious project created and developed by Trainer. Putin. Script by Len Wein. Wow. Oh my. Yeah. What what so what, what company what company put that out? I can't tell because it's so everything's so small. Like hmm. I can't I couldn't actually find credit. Also, there's no indicia? Or indicia? There's a there's a old school uh, bicycle on there and that's it. Let's see what the company name is. Hmm. Let's see if I can find it here. As a oh, kid, I always thought that word was indica. Yeah. Penny Earthing Press. Penny Earthing Press. Yeah. That sounds familiar. Penny or Penny Farthing Press. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's British it. money. Oh, okay. It'd be like if it was like nickel dime comics. <laughs> and it was made in Texas. I don't know. So there you go. That was pretty interesting for uh, you know four seventy five or whatever I paid. Um, pretty good, pretty good dive into the the pack. So you never know where you're going to find like decent comics. You know, you keep your eyes peeled. Mm-hmm. Go to five below and you pay <laughs> five dollars. 
you know, so so that was a burn Claremont X Men then. Yeah. What actually? Yeah, I wanted to jump back to that X Men issue real quick because I noticed when you when you flipped it around, the ad on the back took me back to a <laughs> a simpler time. Megaforce with the movie Megaforce. I loved that movie. That was one of those movies that was always on TV and I would watch it any chance I got. And now it's like, you know, like at at, at the time I thought it was, it was the shit because it was like, it was like live action GI Joe. You could do a little cross promotion for your, um, you know, VHS year. Oh yeah. Wanted to make a mention. Well, it's you know what it and it's hard. To, it, it's not streaming anywhere. So it's this movie Megaforce. The um, it's and it's the the concept is it's a a, a uh, kind of like a like a United Nations slash GI Joe team and they're fighting this like megalomaniac person on bent on world domination type of thing and it's um uh, what's his name is Commander Ace Hunter um Brian Brian Boswick. Oh wow! That he's the main guy. He's the superhero. He's Ace Hunter, and um, oh, it's it's so bad. But it's one of those things. It's like it's it's so bad. It's it's good. You know, it's like reach that level of. It's not famous. It's infamous. You know, for for how bad it, it is. Check it out on Dan's other uh, venture. VHS. Uh, <laughs> years those vhs years yeah well actually like i said this i haven't i haven't been able to go back and rewatch that because i don't think it's streaming anywhere at least not for free oh, okay. and there's only so much i would pay for megaforce now do you this is a just sorry if we're getting off topic but but do you watch the the one that you feature on the vhs those vhs years yeah yeah so so you watch it and then post it yeah Okay. Yeah. So what? So okay. What? In case you're wondering, what Scott's referring to is this this uh, social media account I started called Those VHS Years, where I just it's you know I, I watch an old movie and then I spotlight it, and that's about it. There's really it's not even a show or anything. It's just it's the, just goofing around on it on social media. It was really born out of you know I, I it should be called those you know that pandemic year. Because, yeah. <laughs> because all the, all the all the weird things that people got you know started doing when they had nothing but time on their hands uh, through most for most of the spring and summer I would um, you know working from home and you don't have to get up early I mean as early to go to work because you just you know you don't have a commute anymore I would stay up late and I would just like my wife would go to bed still at her regular time she's not much of a night owl. I love staying up late and I would watch all kinds of like, like all kinds of shit that I, you know, grew up on. Well, you know, like maybe we can make that. I, I keep trying to like cross promote here. I'm like going crazy, but you know, at some point maybe we can have, uh, have that branch out into the, you know, our comic book pit Patreon, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Put it under the umbrella. Yeah. That's, that's a possibility. <laughs> and actually, th- thank you for bringing that up. Been uh, negligent in my responsibilities to mention the uh, the Patreon. You can join the Patreon. There are plenty of rewards. It's there's a lot of cool stuff. A lot of things for you. Not it's it's not just putting money in our pockets. It's uh, a lot of uh, reward tiers out there. So you can go to Patreon.com/slash/ComicBookPit and check it out. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, I just read the new Incrediman. Well, it was like an old episode, but it was a new. It was new to me. New to you. New to me on on the Patreon of Comic Book Kid. Yes. Yeah, I gotta I gotta post the uh, the finale to that little storyline because come next month, uh, Sean Atkins and I are bringing brand new comic strips to the uh, Comic Book Pit Patreon. So after you guys a little primer mm-hmm. run some uh yeah, like some uh rarities from the archives yeah it was kind of the same thing like I, I i thought i had read those before but i'm like i must have thought i read them or i don't know i but but i went for but a I, minute yeah for a minute i had a webtoons account and uh i made that strip for webtoons okay 
it, it looks familiar because I, I'm I definitely remember you posting your like your speedster characters and um, <laughs> and thinking like oh that's really cool that's a, that's a lot of fun but I, I guess I never really actually sat down and read that strip so when you posted it this week I'm like oh I'm gonna read this and you know what, yeah you know what's, you funny? what's funny about this week's pages it's because they're on that slide where you slide through to the next page when you slide back to page one, it almost feels like you're now in their time loop thing. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, did I, did I go back to the beginning? <laughs> yeah. It's got a little circular thing. Oh, and I did want to add. It's funny. Just, want, just wanted to say one more thing about Uncanny X-Men 161. It's by Chris Claremont and Dave Cockrum did the artwork. Oh, it's a Cockrum. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify. That's it. So nobody people are now retracting their angry comments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a run that I I need to go back and and read is when when Claremont took over and the you know how it went from Cockrum to Byrne to Paul Smith and so on like that that was that era of X-Men was just like unprecedented. Yeah. I read most of the, most of these old issues in, in the classic X-Men reprint run. You know, that's how I caught up mostly back in the day was just buying those. Mm -hmm. The nice thing about the classic X-Men books too, is you always had a backup story that was like new material and it was always like some additional character. Yeah. Well, it was like, it was like filling in, the gaps in between issues almost. Yeah. Yeah. It was like little fun, extra things that they would just throw in little story bits or they, you know, they, or it could have been like considered deleted scenes on a DVD. Yeah. Those are always fun. And and the talent on those, they, they weren't putting just scrubs on those, on those backup stories either. Like I remember, I think John Bolton did a lot of them. Mm hmm. Oh yeah, and you know he's no slouch. Yeah, good so, stuff. Yeah, well, maybe this will be a good a good place to uh, to take a break and talk about the sponsor for this episode, uh, thriftburg.com. This week's episode of Comic Book Pit is brought to you by Thriftburg. Do you need a gift that's more interesting than a gift card? Are you looking to reclaim a piece of your childhood? Thriftburg is your online stop for all things vintage and nostalgic. From the 1950s to the 1990s, they have everything from retro kitchen, dining, and barware to action figures, games, books, pop culture, collectibles, and more. Comic Book Pit listeners also get 10% off their purchase of $20 or more with coupon code COMICBOOKPIT. That's all one word, COMICBOOKPIT. So visit thriftburg.com and check out their hundreds of unique vintage items. All right, we are back. And thanks again to Thriftburg, the sponsor of this episode and backer on our Patreon. And uh, yeah, so let's let's talk about some comics. I think, uh, Jared, you, you said you just had a revelation I did because coming into the show, I couldn't think of what I wanted to talk about. And then while we were listening to that beautiful Thriftburg ad, <laughs> uh, my mind was jogged. And I uh, caught up on the first three issues of the new Chew series. That now this is a it's like a spinoff of the old Chew series. That one was spelled C H E W as in Chew while you eat. This one is spelled C H U as in Chew. The the family name of the title character. And it's kind of like a, um, it's like better call chew. You could, you could sort of refer to it that way. <laughs> so like the, the main characters from the chew, like Tony chew, he's like uh, a supporting character in this, but it follows like a never before seen a sister of his. Who's like uh like master criminal. Hmm. And um, so because of the pandemic and not being able to go to the store, like I missed the first issue and I had to settle for a second printing. I get it on back order. Mm. And um, so I did, but I was, I didn't say I've been buying issues 
since. So I sort of had that pile building up, but I didn't want to read like two and three till I got one. So I finally got them in order and I read them and it's that zany wackiness that you, you know, come to know and love from the true series. And, uh, but with a new, it, it's cool seeing like the characters, you know, in like the, it's sort of like before the events of the true series itself, like the, the chicken flu is just like starting to happen mm. during all of this. Okay. And, uh, just, just see all these characters that you like, we didn't even know existed during that series. Um, It'd be easy to call shenanigans on that. Like, oh, really? Like, there's all these siblings that in 60 issues we never even heard of. But uh, it's really well done. I really like the art. Like, it's it's a different artist than who did the, the Chew series. Um, but his art has still got that, like, cartoony feel. But yet it's still very, like, unique. And, and it really uh, creates a nice environment for the series. I mean, the story is, like, she's just, like, a thief. She's part of a crew. They they double cross the wrong mobster and now, you know, on the run from that guy and everyone's got like some sort of food based ability, like, like, like the chew world is. So it's really neat to sort of go back. I really enjoyed that, the original chew series. So it's been really cool to, to revisit that world in this new series. Yeah. Chew is something I never read. So I know like, or I, I take it back. I think I, I read it like the first issue. But I never got into it, so. Yeah. That's like, that, that one's like, it seems like you got to really dig in. Uh, yeah, you can't just jump into, like, issue, like, 28 and, and mm-hmm. just pick it up. It, it's it's pretty much a 60-plus issue story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's broken down in, like, five-issue arcs, but you know how that stuff works. The arcs, mm-hmm. and these are still through lines that go through it. Right. The whole thing. Yeah. Nice. I mean, well, I mean, they're they're telling a very specific story. It's not just like, oh, here's the adventures of, you know, food yeah. eating guy. You know, it's it's like, <laughs> it's it's a like you said, it's a it's a sound like they had a, a specific run in, yeah. in mind. It's very much serialized storytelling. Well, I uh, I also did some catching up. I caught up on Daredevil issues. Uh, well, it was 19 through 22, but it's almost like it's like a tale of two daredevils in that um, I loved issues 19 and 20 and then issues 21 and 22, not so much. This was uh, Chip Zdarsky and Marco Cicchetto's run and uh, kind of the same thing. They're They're telling a story. You know they've 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 they're playing the long game. They're telling a story that they've started since issue one. The issues nineteen and twenty, it's kind of like the culmination of everything that's happened since issue one. In a sense, it's a lot of what we've seen before in the past thirty years, where like every couple of years there's this story arc where you know Matt falls and he's sure. like guilt ridden and Catholic guilt and Oh, daredevil is ruining my life and I can't be daredevil anymore. And he tries to live not being, you know, as, as not being daredevil. And then he finds that he has to be daredevil and he, the whole, you know, pull, he pulls himself up by his bootstraps and he returns to be daredevil at the opportune moment and, you know, saves the day. And, you know, it's almost like it's like born again. Like ever since they did born again, it's like, everyone's got their own watered down version of born again. Right. This is, it's that, but it's not that it's, it's that story. It's like, they're, they're telling the story of, uh, again, another fall from grace and his eventual, you know, redemption and, you know, getting, you know, pulling himself up and why do we follow master Bruce? So we can learn, you know, (laughs) that kind of shit. I don't know what it is. Um, the way Zdarsky and Chichetto told this story, I was loving it. And I, I think I mentioned this on the social media. I posted, you know, like a pa- couple panels from the, um, one issue. Well, issues 19 and 20 essentially is it's called the battle for hell's kitchen. Cause it's it, it long story short. There's this, you know, you've got daredevil, you've got the kingpin and you've got this 
new these new characters, this brother and sister billionaire duo who are they're buy they're trying to buy up Hell's Kitchen so they can tear it down, build it back up, etc. And um, they've they've kind of they, they've beat down the kingpin. Uh, Daredevil has been beaten down, and now it's like everything culminates in these two issues where um you know it's like they're literally fighting for the soul of hell's kitchen and uh it was just it was so good like just it was very cinematic like i it just felt like it could have been part of the netflix series if 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 the netflix series was still going r.i.p daredevil um yeah but it it just it, it felt like the spiritual successor to that show, and it was just th- those just these two issues were so good, and then <laughs> and then the following two issues, it's almost like ah, oh, it was like this this great big like it hit this peak and then just went <laughs> just went straight down. It was like a wowie coyote falling off a cliff, you know, holding a help sign. Cause then it turns into like legal drama. Daredevil is put on trial and something about me. Like I love good legal drama. Like give me law and order. Uh, give me uh, a few good men, stuff like that. Like really good legal drama. When legal drama is done poorly, I just, I shut down. Like I can't take it. So like, like the, the like the season of the Flash where Barry Allen was put on trial, I <laughs> I, I couldn't. I forgot I, about that. Yeah, I couldn't watch like half of that season because like or every time a courtroom scene came on, I'm like, now nah, fast forward this because I I just can't. It it because it's, so much of it seems so forced and just eye rolling like, and that's that's kind of what we're dealing with now, and it's it's kind of a bummer because and it's the same creative team which is really odd like they they had this really high point and now they're coming down with you know just bad courtroom drama so we'll see uh we'll see if i keep going with it but uh like i said issues 19 or 20 that's those are the two like that just for me this week i was like god damn these are some good comics um so ran random random questions um did they ever explain how uh, Daredevil put like the devil back in? <laughs> you know, like you know how he he basically revealed his identity like a couple years ago, and he was like, um, you know, Matt Murdock and um, Daredevil. Yeah, like, I think that was, that was the, the end of the Mark Wade run. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They let him restart, like in San Fran or somewhere. And he was trying to start over, but I just could not, I didn't stick with that story. And I didn't know, like, did they just reboot the character or did they actually? Yeah, pretty much. I, I think they just kind of, it's like a soft reboot. Was it the, um, fantastic family, you know, whipped out a new universe? Well, where everybody got that? I thought that <laughs> af- um, a couple years ago when they did, when Hickman did his uh, Secret War, yeah, and when everyone came back from that, I thought that reset a lot of things. That might have, yeah. But- all, was, all I can remember to that, Scott, is like that was the end of the Wade run, the, the Mark Wade, Chris Somney okay. run of Daredevil, and then they those guys left. And they rebooted the series. Then he yeah. came back. He was wearing like a black suit. Yeah, and he had like, and then that, that whatever was, they did there was how they. Yeah, I think undid. that was after. Yeah, you're right. I think that was after Secret War, and that was I think Charles Soule and Ron Garney. Okay. Did that, and uh, yeah, I think you're right. Because, yeah, because he came back. Remember, he had like that sidekick that he was training, who wore some like invisible suit or something like that. I I don't know. It was, it's it's all a blur, but. I think when it rebooted after Secret Wars or Secret War, whatever they called it, yeah, that's. I think it kind of reset everything. Okay, that's that's what I was 
thinking like, you know, yeah, when the, uh, you know, when Mr. Fantastic whipped out a new, uh, a new universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if that was it or not. It may have been. I I, I had checked yeah. out by that point. Yeah, I did too. I, mm-hmm. I, think I, I left with Wade and Tommy. Yeah, that was I, a good run. That was a good series. It was, yeah. If anybody brings me back, it'll be Dan. Like Dan's gonna convince me to read some of these books again to come back and check them again. Well, you know, you ought to check out the like maybe at least the first trade of the. Uh, Zadarsky Tichetto. Okay. Run. It's it's pretty like I said, this the whole run has been good. There was a weird story arc in the middle. Again, and this is kind of where Matt he stops being Daredevil and he just tries to live a normal life. He ends up sleeping with a married woman who and, and he knows it. He's like he's like, Yeah, I'm a scumbag, I guess. I'm you know throwing the you know he's he's putting the d in daredevil i guess you know he's like <laughs> he's just he's just nailing every, anything with a heartbeat he's like just a terrible person and and of course because it's comics and there's drama whatever it's hit this woman her husband is related to this crime family or something so now he's pulled into her drama because like she's a she's a regular person like she's not in the i mean she's in the family she's married into the family but she's not like a criminal but she it's one of the things like it's almost like carmela soprano she she knows what goes on but she's not a criminal type of thing you know right well anyways matt murdoch is nailing this woman just married woman and uh yeah it it was kind of it was just kind of gross for a while, I'm like, what am I reading? I'm like, <laughs> he's kind of a dirtbag. So, uh, it, yeah, it, it definitely made for some some interesting issues. Nice. Yeah. All right, and then the other here's my other random comment. Um, how do you guys you guys excited about the uh, She-Hulk show coming out? Jennifer Walters, I believe they cast her. I'm excited yeah, for the prospect of it. I guess I mean I, I guess we'll wait until we start seeing. I mean, yeah, same. My feeling is, but I think because you said you enjoyed the courtroom, uh, you know. Yeah. I, I wonder if they're going to, you know, weigh heavy onto that mm. and have a lot of court, court drama. I, I that's my feeling anyway. You know, they they, they picked an actress that's going to be a good, like a good Jennifer mm-hmm. Walters. Um, and they'll probably maybe CG or first She-Hulk. I don't know. I think you, know? you have to. I don't yeah. think you can like Lou Ferrigno her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? 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 It's a uh, what's Brigitte Nielsen up to these days? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this act, she was on what was it? Orphan Black was that the name of the sh- the BBC show? I think uh, she was on something else too that I. I'm trying to remember because I, I thought I recognized her. I'm going to go on the IMDb. Yeah. I'm, I'm, um, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe it would be like a law and order. Like the first half of the show is She-Hulk fighting a, crimi- a super criminal. And the second half is she's uh, prosecuting them. Boom, boom. Maslani. Oh, I know where I recognize her from. She was on like two or three random episodes of Parks and Rec. Oh, Okay. Yeah, she. Uh, I think that's her. Yeah, like on his own. Yeah, in the uh, like in in the later seasons. Yeah, that's her. Yeah, she. Um, she played. Yeah, she was in two episodes in season six. She. She she was a a doctor that uh, Aziz Ansari's character dated. Okay. No, I guess I'm I'm excited because it's I feel like. Because they because they announced She Hulk and then they announced that they cast Ms. Marvel, you know, like their Kamala Khan. Mm-hmm. Um, so that to me just means like, well, they're you know they're serious about making new characters, new properties, which to me just means it's they're leading to Moon Knight, which I'm excited for it because it's it's already been announced, or you know that that that's something they want to work on. So I guess that. 
sooner or later, that means Moon Knight's going to be, you know, there's going to be news about Moon Knight. Right. Um, but now I'm kind of excited that these, that, you know, new characters are getting, you know, getting worked on. It's not just like characters from the Avengers. It's like, they're actually branching out and digging, you know, digging through the Marvel universe, which is what they should have done ever since they came up with agents of shield. They should have been like farming Marvel IP. You know, I don't know why it took them so long. I guess you got to run the other stuff out and then, you know. Yeah. Um, moving on to a new comic, a new old comic. Um, I just finally read, I've, I've had this in my box to read for over a year or more called The Visitor, How and Why He Stayed. So I thought it was a really odd title, but, you know, it's... Um, Mike Mignola, you know, and it comes from Hellboy. So I was like, I, I honestly, I didn't have the fifth issue until three or four months ago. I finally got it, and then I, I just had it on the stack, and I finally got to read it. Uh, this book is great. Like, I was like, you know, um, artwork by Paul Paul Grice. Chris? Grice? I don't know. Chris. 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 And I was like, oh, all right, you know, because I haven't read much of his stuff except for, you know, Jack Stapp. And I was like, all right, I'm I'm looking forward to this. And I tell you, this, like, this book is it's so touching and sentimental that I was like, I want to buy I want to buy the pages of this book. Like, I I was, and some of the some of the panels were just so well done, um, in pacing. And, you know, I was like, holy crap. Yeah, like it's so what so basically the backstory, though, is is it's literally an alien comes down to um, he's basically on assignment to remove Hellboy from from the scene because his race is afraid that, you know, Hellboy is going to become the worst thing that everybody's always feared of Hellboy, you know, bringing the apocalypse. Mm hmm. Um, but he he sees something different in Hellboy, and he decides not to to act on it. And so he stays and wages his own private war on the forces of evil for a good fifty years. You know, like he's basically so the story runs through the years. And um, but it the book actually goes to a nice focus on how he met his wife and their life together. And he's, you know, because he's an alien, he lives for thousands and thousands of years. He, he outlives his wife in the book. Mm. And it's very, like, very sentimental and very, like, uh, you know, an examination of, of, you know, like, human life. And I was like, holy crap, like, I did not expect this out of the Hellboy books where, you know, most things are just solved with, you know, punching something. Um, but like this, this dude was awesome. Um, and I did, I was like, how do I buy Paul Grist artwork? You know, I was like reading it and I'm like, Mm -hmm. how do I buy this page? Yeah. (laughs) Well, um, if you buy a page of Paul Grist artwork, Duke, I'm going to be at your house like every, every day (laughs) drooling on it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I remember, do you remember his uh, short lived series? Maybe in like the mid two thousands, called Mudman. Yeah, oh, no. not yeah. that far back. Yeah, I was on the show. Okay, for some reason it's I thought it was than older. Ten years. Okay. Oh I'd yeah. Say more than five, less than ten, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Keep hearing that it's going to come back. Keep hearing oh, really? more Kane will come back. Keep I, well, you keep hearing it, but yeah, it, it never materializes. I loved I loved his Kane stuff. That was uh. Yeah, that was that was his first, right? His first work, or at least his first published, like his. Yeah, self, yeah. There's some self-published stuff, stuff that predates that, but yeah, yeah, that's like the first notable one. As far as like an ongoing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was good. Good stuff. Yeah. So highly recommend it. Visitor Hawaii State. Check it out. <laughs> 
I'll even I'll even let people borrow this if they want. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's been a while since I read it. I may have even discussed it back then. There may be shows in the archive on this topic, but yeah, anything Paul Griss, I I get my hands on. Yeah, now I'm, <laughs> now you guys have got me in the mood to like like now I want to go back and like read some old Paul Paul Griss stuff. <laughs> I'll put this like up until I did the or like he had his own like section of short box because I had mm-hmm. like just like I used to do now I, everything's in since I've reorganized I just put everything alphabetical all those little sub collections I've done away with but yeah he was one of those ones where I had enough that I was just like this half of the short box is just all Paul Gris comics nice holy cow cool. I think I plundered the uh, Elwood City basement of all canes <laughs> I didn't have. I might, I might get there at some point because you know, like in that same thought, because I, that's how much I like this, and I also like to see how much he improved as an artist too. Like the Jack Staff stuff was very, you know, very uh, indie, loose, mm-hmm. you know, you know, and now like just you know the. You know, the line control and everything that is in this book now is like crazy. You know, it's almost like um, like watching Matt Wagner, you know, like in the first Mage book versus the, the last Mage book, you know, and just seeing the, you know, the wisdom in his drawing improve, you know. It, it's it. funny to hear you say that, Scott, because he's 60 years old. Who is? Paul Grist. Oh, Christmas. My 60 God. years old. Yeah. What was he so he's not like some whippersnapper just like cutting his teeth. He, he's been around. Um, he's, he's, those cane books go back to the like 25 years. Yeah. Wow. Or so. Yeah. But no, no, I just very uh, imaginative page layouts are what I think of when I think of Paul. Very unique characters. Uh, very unique situations and just imaginative <clears throat> artwork and layouts is a. Uh, he's such a good compliment to um, Mike Mignola too, and like a he's like a softer touch of of Mignola, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, which is really cool. So yeah, it was a good. It was so much fun to read. But yeah. Okay. Well, um, so I guess the last thing I, I have to talk about is a uh, an original graphic novel that came out actually, I think it came out this week. For some reason, I, I thought it was it had come out already, but I think we had received a a review copy quite a while ago, and I just got around to reading it. And I feel like with a title like this, there's only way there's only one way to say it. You got to say Dracula, motherfucker. <laughs> Because there's an exclamation point, and it's it's called <laughs> it's called Dracula, motherfucker, and this is a just, just heat into the grammar. That's all. Yeah, you just got to lean into it. Uh, so this is by uh, from Image Comics from Alex DeCampi, uh, written by Alex DeCampi, art by Erica Henderson, and this is an it's it's a, it's a really interesting take on the. Dracula or the vampire genre, but I guess it wouldn't not specifically vampire genre, but it's, it's, it's about, it's, it's Dracula. It's, it is, you know, motherfucker. Yes. <laughs> but, um, it's Dracula on the surface, but, but the story actually focuses on the brides of Dracula. Dracula is actually more of an abstract in this story. He's, you know, he, he's not a sympathetic character. He's not handsome, um, character that that glamours women. He's he's truly kind of a a uh, a monster in this. And this is um, it's about the the brides of Dracula, and, and, and this also takes place in the seventies. So the it's seventies Los Angeles, um, and and the art really reflects that. And like the colors and everything is just kind of the. the the colors are great and the art's great. Everything is just kind of uh, just like I said, abs- very abstract, but not so much that you can't follow it. It's just a lot of the action and a lot of the um, depictions of 
the horror elements and the supernatural elements are very abstract. Um, like I said, there's no, there's no Vlad, no stereotypical Dracula standing there with like fangs and, you know, like a suit or whatever. I don't want to give too much away. It's, it's a really good story. I think a lot of people would really enjoy it. The brides have their own agenda and they're, they're using this like freelance crime scene photographer. It, it, it's kind of an interesting parallel because he works at night it's, it's, and he makes his money. It's like he, his bread and butter is taking pictures of crime scenes of taking pictures of horrific scenes and dead people. So it's like, it's almost like this is, you know, he's stalking his prey, you know, it's like, he's, he's following death. And so, you know, he gets involved in this with the, uh, the brides of Dracula. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I don't want to say too much, but it's, uh, it's, it's well worth reading. If you enjoy, you know, this, it, it, it's, it's a good horror story. Um, but it's not like Gothic or Victorian. Like I said, it's, it's kind of like a ne- a Neo, I don't know. Would you say like, like a Neo noir seventies, horror story i don't know but um i I really enjoyed it and i i kind of was had a little bit of trepidation going in because i'm not like i've read some of alex the campy stuff before and it's usually hit or miss mostly miss but i wanted to give this a try because i just the concept kind of uh stood out to me so i would uh highly recommend it it sounds like, um, and I haven't watched the show. It's only what I've heard about it. But the uh, the new Dracula series on Netflix seems to have that same kind of tone, mm. where it's more of a, it's less to do with him being a suave Dracula and more of a a monster. <laughs> that I I didn't I haven't watched all of that. I watched the first one because it's BBC, so its format's weird. It's like three like ninety minute installments yeah. or something like that. Oh yeah. So we watched the first one and it was Stephen Moffat. It was okay. It, I mean, we didn't stick with it. What'd you say? Stephen Moffat. Yeah, Stephen Moffat. Yeah. Um, but you're you're right. Dracula is is definitely uh, not. It's not like a sexy. Yeah, he's not. Yeah. It's not a suave version. Put it that way. He, he is very much. It's Dracula as the monster. Right. But it's not like a gory monster either because he is kind of like that. Oh, handsome guy type deal, but he's not like slick or anything. It's not a romantic version of Dracula. There we go. Yeah. That's, the, that's, yeah. The that's a good way to word. Yeah. Seems like the graphic novel and the series are very similar in that mm-hmm. they wanted, yeah, to get away from that, uh, you know, that Tom Cruise kind of vampire and, you know, and uh, the, the, the glowy ones, you know. Yeah, less the vampire as a metaphor of sex and the vampire as monster. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Very nice. Yeah. So that's all I had. Does anybody have anything else? Um, I don't have any more reviews, but I had my last topic I was saving. Like, I was just going to. Oh, yeah. Say my piece about uh, the latest. Uh, ca- character creation in Batman. You know, is, Here we uh, go. <laughs> yes. Punchline. His punchline, I think, I'm just going to say, I think is a terrible character. Like, I'm just, I I don't understand the attraction to this character that everybody's pouring into her. Um, like in the, and I had just read the um, 80th anniversary of the Joker. It's like a, what is it? A hundred page super special and it had her origin like quote unquote origin story in it. She's basically just, you know, um, a killer who's like, I, I killed my therapist, you know, or whatever. And I proved it to Joker and Joker's like, cool. You know, like you're my new Harley Quinn, mm-hmm. but I will call you that. I'll call you punchline. And I just, like I'm reading the the current Batman storyline, and she just seems like a, a thug. You know, she doesn't seem like uh, that she has the dimension that you know, like a Harley Quinn has. Um, like no no personality. 
Yeah, like I don't know. Yeah, there's no there's no dimension to her except that she's she's like I really like killing. And I really like the Joker. You know, so I want to kill just like he does. You know what I mean? Like two things I like in this world: killing and And joke motifs. Harley Quinn. You know, like basically, she's literally just there as a as like a Harley Quinn foil, I guess. Yeah. But maybe that's what her purpose is. Maybe that's all Punchline's purpose is to um, catapult Harley into more of a heroic role eventually. Yeah, Which I feel it's more of a it's a kind of a formulaic character. I mean, I've not read anything on it, but just the whole invention of the character seems just to. Um, and then all the. I don't know. It's just like another toy in the series. It doesn't really seem like like when Harley, like Harley Quinn, that felt like a very like organic character to create because it came out of the Batman cartoon. You know, it, it, it she came fully formed, but I think that's because those who created her are, are more um, better creators. Well, I mean, it was like they're like, hey, let's do something cute. Let's give Joker a girlfriend. You know, that's kind of. You know, like it, yeah, it does have more of an organic creation. Whereas, yeah, particularly like, if it's like part of this, the to- the cartoon series and invariably a toy. But I mean, also just they there was a lot more of a skill from the the. It's I mean, Paul Dini was putting it in into the Harley Quinn character. I yeah. think it just was a stronger stronger creator that created a strong character. Yeah, but all I get all I get from Punchline is she's like, I'm super mad and you know, and like we're super rich now because they're they basically robbed Bruce Wayne of all his all his possessions. Like in this current story. So she's just like, Oh, it's great being rich and it's like okay. You know, like and Joker's like, Go, you know, why don't you go down and fight this guy for me? And she's like, Great. <laughs> you know, it's just like <laughs> you're just you're terrible. Like you know, she's she could have been any. You know, they could have had anybody, but I really, I I think that it is somehow to try to boost uh, Harley into more of a hero role. So maybe that's what it is. But, that, but uh, I, speaking I, of of Harley Quinn, Duke, um, I just say real quick, I've I'm almost through that Harley Quinn animated series. Oh yeah! It's now on HBO Max, and I'm very much enjoying it. I was told I would <laughs> uh, on Comic Book Pit number it's two fun. something something or whatever. Uh, and yeah, I enjoy it immensely. Nice. So yeah, I, but yeah, I agree with your take. The character seems like it's a little. It's not. It, it's just made out of a need to fill a. Yeah. 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 But the, I just I guess I the, it rubs me the wrong way when because it's. All the all the hype that they've put into her, yeah, know, like that. It's just like you know what I'm reading this, and it doesn't live up to the hype. I think that's what bugs me. Probably more. Probably what should name it Cash Grab. Yeah, what irked me? Yeah, exactly. Cash Grab would have been a better name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just something for all the speculators to, you know, get a. Yeah. You know, get excited. Cool. Yeah. Don't you're not gonna find that gap though in a long box like you did, Dan. It, 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 you're gonna, you can, you'll be able to insulate your walls with the punchline first appearances. Yeah, that's why I, I well, you know, and I, I kind of gave up on Batman a couple of months ago, or even if not longer. I, I initially enjoyed the run when when Tinian took over from King with uh with Tony Daniel. And I, I think I mentioned this a few shows back, but just with the overabundance of Joker is just killing me. Like yeah. everywhere you you turn, like it used to be like when the Joker showed up, it used to be a big deal. Now it's it's not. It's not. Well, the other thing that's a bummer with this new, this new um, story arc is that. It was another character's story, you know, like, hey, there's this new villain, and then they were just like, oh, never mind, it's it's a Joker story again. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, come on, like, 
you know, but they're like, oh, well, we're coming up on the hundredth issue and what the thousandth book or something. I don't even know, but you know, they, they basically just funneled it into, um, you know, more, you know, Batman versus Joker. And honestly, I, I long for the days of the Joker to be more funny than just a psycho. Yeah. You know, like I, I'd like to see them kind of bring back, uh, you know, where they're not like these nth level characters, you know, where they're head to head. Like, it'd be cool if the Joker was more of like, whoops, uh, you know, I, I, I did this prank, but I ended up killing people. Whoops. You know, like I didn't mean to. <laughs> yeah. A, a, yeah. Like a, so it's like a, a homicidal Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's more, you know, he's back to being a clown, you know. And, you know, and then you can bring Batman down off the, you know, the, you know, like he's like, it's like he's a master chess. You know, I've already, you know, figured out 57 different moves that you're going to perform next. And I've, you know, have countermeasures for everyone. It's like, this is driving me crazy. It's, it's just not fun anymore. And I know, like, yes, everybody loves Batman and Batman's the coolest. But if he's unbeatable. Yeah. Then it's it's is no yeah if you know that yeah it's it, it's no fun if if he's people put him on such a pedestal where he's equal to if not more than Superman you know because oh well Batman can beat Superman like it's just not fun anymore it, Batman needs nice. to be a fun character and it's not you know what it, it it'd be nice if they brought something else to Batman you know kind of like how Captain America, even though he's got the super strength, it's the character of the man, you know, that mm-hmm. makes him a good character. Mm-hmm. It'd be cool if Batman, you know, if they dwelled more maybe on his character instead of, you know, like if Superman admired him because of, the, you know, his character instead of, he, you know, he can hang with Superman and Wonder Woman because he can build a mega bat suit, you know, like. what well, it, it, it used to be his mind was his his best weapon. Like he, he was the world's greatest detective. When's the last time he's actually solved a mystery? That's yeah. That's what I think too. He's not really, or, you know, yeah. Usually when they, they write the stories that he's already in the middle of that, of that part. And it's like, Oh, well I, I kind of would like to have more of the detective part. Yeah. Or you know, and then the, the good stuff. I think, I think some writers equate, making Batman a complete unlikable dick to, Oh, he's, he's edgy and he's, you know, that's his personality is like, that's not personality. He's, he's awful. He's unlikable. Like who would ever want to be around Batman? Like he would have no partners. He would have no friends, no family, no, he's completely unlikable. Oh yeah. He's, he's like, you know, all those, ro- all the Robins sit around and they're like, you know, they'd be like, you know, you're never home, Batman. You know, I just need someone to talk to, you know? <laughs> I just, you know, you were saying that, Dan, it makes me think he's like the Bill Belichick of superheroes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> he's, he's really good at what he does, but an he's also a jerk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Belichick is a—he's a, a, a Hall of Fame coach, but he's also kind of a jerk, and he's got <laughs> terrible fashion sense. Yeah. Well, I, so Batman I, just needs to start doing subway commercials. Like that's it. And there you go. My first uh, image in my head was Batman wearing that—you know—ripped up sweater. <laughs> yeah, cut off hoodie. Yeah. He's he, he's wearing his he's wearing his gloves with the spikes, but then he's got bare bare arms. His his yeah. he, he, he cut his cut his sleeves off. <laughs> Bill Bill Batacek. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he's wearing he's wearing his 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 oldest rattiest Batman costume. I may have just ruined one or the two, or possibly both. All right. Well, that was my rant. I, I think it led us down a good path. Now, yeah. So. 
to get to get get that all out of your system? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> much much like punchline, there wasn't much that much to go on there. So okay. <laughs> One last jab, you know. Yeah. Okay. Okay, well, if there's nothing else, gentlemen, I guess I will uh, close this episode up. Yes, we're, we're good. We're good? Okay. I hope you folks at home are good, too. <laughs> like, we're good. Yeah. People at home may be like, I, what the fuck? But no. <laughs> and if you're not letting us know. me with Batman as Bill Belichick. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for listening to this episode of Comic Book Pit. If you are interested, you can find us on the social media, uh, social medias at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under Comic Book Pit. You can help us out by rating and reviewing the show. You can also, uh, like I said, you can um, you can support the show a bunch of different ways. You can check out our Spreadshop store. You can make a one-time donation in any amount to our Kofi account, or you could join us on Patreon at any level. And all of those links are listed in the show notes. So uh, once again, thank you for listening. This has been episode 367 of the comic book pit podcast. I'm Dan. And with me tonight, I've got Scott. Have a good night. And Jared. See ya. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.